and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Once again, good morning everyone. We're continuing on our devotion by looking into the different miracles in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So today, we will now look at this account from Numbers 21 verses 4 to 9. And if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like to encourage you to open it with me and let's all read it together. So let's start from verse 4. It says here, From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent beat anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Now, this is a very interesting story. So, backtrack tayo ng konti for us to understand the context. Most of us know that the people of Israel wandered around the desert for 40 years after coming out of Egypt. And the book of Numbers actually gives us a zoom-in picture of what happened during those times while they were wandering. So, in this particular account, they were already about to enter the promised land. And remember, God said that because of the continuous unbelief, mistrust, and refusal of the previous generation, to fully trust God, only Joshua and Caleb from that generation would enter the promised land together with the new generation. So this is a new generation of people and yet we see in this account the same posture from the old. They said in verse 5, the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food, no water, and we loathe this worthless, I mean, this worthless food. So doesn't this sound so familiar for all of us? If you remember the devotionals a few weeks back, this actually is the same dialogue that their forefathers said after coming out of Egypt. And if you look at that account in Exodus 16, they haven't even experienced lack of wood or water, yet it's the thought of not having enough that made them grumble against Moses and Aaron. But this time, if you look again at that verse, it intensified. It's not just against Moses and Aaron. And if you look at it again, it says there on the first part of the verse, and the people spoke against who? God and against Moses. Moses, you know, Aaron is not in the picture anymore because he died already. You see, they were not just grumbling against Moses, but against God first and foremost. Not only that, they said in that verse, there is no food and no water. Imagine, I feel like that statement is actually worse than the statement of the previous generation. Because if you think about it objectively, the previous generation really had a valid reason for their fear because they don't know what is ahead and they have limited supply. It's their first time to be in that wilderness. They don't even know if they will last. But this generation, imagine this with me, have grown up 
seeing God move in miraculous ways all throughout those years that they have been going around the desert. So it's not actually true that there is no food or water, but the last phrase of that verse actually reveals the condition of their hearts. It says here, we loathe this worthless food. You see, to loathe means to be super disgusted at something that you want to get rid of it. Have you ever been in that place? You're so disgusted. You don't want this anymore that you don't want this in your life. And you know, I realized meditating about this. There are two things that hit me hard from that verse alone. First is the importance of the role of the older generation. It's interesting for me to see and read over and over again how the first statement of the first generation resounded and grew in the next generation. Imagine it grew so much. That's the first statement that they said after coming out of Egypt when you, when you look at that in Exodus 16. Imagine it grew so much and resounded so much in the next generation that the statements that they have now is to the point of loathing the very blessing and miracle that God has given them to be sustained all throughout those times of wilderness and to claim the promise to step into the promised land. I know that ultimately, that generation will be accountable to God. But learning from this verse and acknowledging that what we do or say impacts the next generation made me pray and ask God, Lord, give me the grace to continually impart faith, steadfastness, gratefulness, joy, humility to the next generation. May I be reminded that I do not live for myself alone and help me respond, not in fear, but gratefulness for this privilege to impart and the the posture of humility to steward this opportunity. You see, what we do or say impacts the next generation. Now, second thing that I, that really resounded to me, uh, uh, meditating and reading on this scripture is this. It would take full trust and confidence in God and His ways to proclaim and experience His promise. Verse 4 says, the people became impatient on the way. You see, they are already on the way to the promised land. It's a done deal. They don't even have to, 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 you know, to even think if God would really give it. God had to remind them time and time again, I'm a faithful God. I will fulfill my promise. You have to trust not just what I will give, but my way through that blessing. And what a good reminder for all of us as we continue to believe God for miracles, right? You see, when we say it's a miracle, we're saying that it's out of this world, right? It defies what the world expects. So how can we expect God to move in miracles if we want Him to move according to our ways? So continuing on the story, we'll see there that the Lord would send in verse 6, fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel die. So some commentaries say that this came from God to get the nation's attention at this critical place in their journey to Canaan. Because if they continued on in their unbelief, just like the previous verses, they would never take the land. Not only that, commentaries would also say that there was a connection between them despising the manna, the provision, the blessing, the miracle that God has given, and these poisonous snakes. The commentaries would say that they despised the bread from heaven, so God gave them serpents from the earth. They despised God's blessings, God gave them burning poison. So they despised the life that God sustained them, God gave them that. So, you know, it's actually refusal to receive what God is blessing. And when the people were suffering because of the serpents, 
they acknowledge their sin before God. That's why they said on verse 7, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. You see, even in the midst of humility, there's still that aspect of expecting God to move in a particular way, the way they expected Him to be. They said, pray that the Lord would take away the serpents. This is the way to solve our problems. But as God has been teaching the Israelites, His ways are higher than their ways. Verse 8 would tell us that the Lord did not take away the serpents. It says there, the Lord commanded Moses to make a fiery serpent and send it to the pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. You see, if you look at this, even among the miracles that has happened, this was very unusual. There was really no immediate logical connection between merely looking at a serpent on a pole and living or refusing to look and dying. But God commanded that such, such an unusual thing, even, you know, a foolish thing in the eyes of the world to be used to bring salvation to the Israel to the people of Israel during that time. You see, God's ways are higher than our ways. And it would take full trust and confidence in God and His ways to proclaim and experience His promise. And that is what He is teaching the Israelites then. That is also the same thing that is reminding us today. We can trust His promise, but can we also trust His ways for the fulfillment of that promise? You see, if you are in a place right now where you feel like you're becoming impatient for the fulfillment of the promises of God, allow the Holy Spirit to renew your heart and allow Him to, you know, allow Him to really... Uh, allow you to experience relying on His grace, to be fully convinced that we can trust, not just on the fulfillment of His promise, but we can trust God and, His, and have full confidence in His ways. Or maybe you're watching this, you realize that you have become familiar with the blessings that God has given you. And you might not have been aware of it, but you're already at the point of loathing. You know, ask God to renew your heart as well. You see, the people were saved not by doing anything, but by simply looking at the bronze serpent. And you know what? In John 3, verse 14 to 15, Jesus referred to this event in history saying, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. You see, the Israelites were looking in the promised land so that they can finally rest from the wandering in the wilderness. Though that is the immediate promise for His people during that time. You know that the ultimate promise of the covenant of God is not just rest for their bodies, but also for their souls. That's why Jesus had to come so that we can have rest from the wilderness that our sins had caused us and experience the fullness of life that we have in Him. And that is the greatest miracle that anyone can ever experience. And we can just look upon the cross, the finished work of Christ and say, we can have rest in our soul. We can enter the promised land because the promised land is not a place a location, but a person. We can have that rest in Jesus Christ because of His finished work on the cross. Now the question is, would we be willing to trust God and His ways through that blessing? Let's just respond in prayer right now. Lord, I just want to thank you for reminding us, God, that you know, there are times, there might be times that we continue to 
experience your blessing and we're so we became so familiar with it that that we came to a place of loathing maybe even even regretting or just you know being being not, not wanting to do a, to do with the blessing god but uh, god i pray that you just renew our hearts even at this time to help us see the miracle and the blessing that you have you have given us the grace not even just the fulfillment of the promise but the grace to continually endure to be steadfast to continually trust you and lord i pray that you would also remind us, God, that whatever we say or we do impacts the next generation. So, Lord, help us toward this, God, with such fear in our hearts. Not fear that makes us run away from you, but fear that makes us run towards you and say, Lord, help us toward this well. So, Lord, let us allow you to really give us the grace to continue to look up to you, God, as the source, ultimate source of our blessing, our provision, and our miracles. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond to God through this song once again. Every voice, every nation, let the rising generation shout the name of the risen Lord. You are strength. You are able, you forever will be faithful, you fulfilled the promise of your Every voice, every voice, every nation, let the rising generation shout the name of the risen Lord God you are strength you are strength you are able you forever will be faithful you fulfill the promise of your I will trust As we end, let me just speak this word of blessing unto you. May you continue to live a life that is blessed in the Lord. Continue to bless and declare His holy name. Live out the benefits of His steadfast love and mercy. And may you always be satisfied with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. God bless everyone and have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.